Welcome to Kit's Myths and Mysteries. I'm your host, Kit Crum. Today, we'll talk about the strange case of Ripley Wankel. Now, if you've been following my myths and mysteries, you know that I feel that Where Did Billy Go? was probably the most bizarre podcast I'd ever done. I did a lot of research involving that. You can look at the archives wherever you look at podcasts and find it. But this one, although a little bit different, takes the cake. Hang with me through this podcast for a real twist ending. My tale begins in 1960 with two friends, 15-year-old Ripley Wankel, 17-year-old Benson Henderson, as they're driving along an old logging road above the ghost town of Cornucopia, Oregon. They were on a hunting trip and had decided on the rugged mountains referred to as the Eagle Caps that towered above 11,000 feet. They were hoping to bag one of the bighorn sheep that call the peaks home. When the road came to an end, they pulled on their packs, grabbed their rifles, and began the arduous climb that would take them to Eagle Cap Meadow. Though their hunting expedition proved fruitless, they visited the meadow for the next five summers, until the 1965, when then 20-year-old Ripley joined the Marines, and his best friend, 22-year-old Benson, joined the Army. Soon, both were deployed to Vietnam. Benson, to serve 12 months tour of duty, Ripley as a Marine, 13 months. As the fighting raged around them, their tracking and hunting skills rescued them from many a firefight. Benson, home first and shunned by anti-war protesters, moved to the ghost town of Cornucopia, driving the 25 miles to the tiny town of Halfway, only to stock up on supplies and send off letters to his hunting buddy and best friend, Ripley Wankel. But when he picked Ripley up, At the Portland International Airport at the end of his tour, his best friend seemed oddly quiet, speaking in low tones, angry, sullen. Benson felt sure that living in the old ghost town, maybe venturing out on an occasional hunting trip, would bring his friend around. But after a long, harsh winter, it became apparent that Ripley was unchanged. When it came time to venture back into the little town of Halfway, Oregon, for supplies, Benson attempted to coerce his friend into coming with him, but without success. It was the spring of 1968 that Benson returned to the ghost town of Cornucopia with supplies from halfway. But when he reached the cabin they'd been sharing, Ripley Wankel was gone. Through the summer and into early winter, Benson Henderson searched for his friend without luck. Unable to give up hope that Ripley might have holed up in some cave or cavern somewhere in the Eagle Caps through the winter, living off a bighorn sheep or two. When spring arrived, Benson sent out word to Ripley's Marine unit, and within a month, a dozen Marines arrived in Cornucopia, and the search began. The men covered hundreds of acres, but never found a trace of Ripley Wankel. Following the failed search for his best friend, Benson Henderson moved to Portland, Oregon where over the next 20 years he married, had two children, and opened a coffee shop. For the first few years, he'd bring his family up to Cornucopia in the hope somehow that Ripley might have come down out of the mountains. But as the years turned into decades, he swallowed the hard truth that he would probably never see his friend again. Now, you might think this is where the story comes to an end, but you'd be wrong. This is where it becomes really interesting. In 1988, 20 years to the day that Ripley Wankel vanished, he walked out of the Eagle Cap Mountains down into the town of Cornucopia and hitchhiked into the tiny town of Halfway, where he phoned over 22 Hendersons until he got his old friend Benson. 
now 44-year-old businessman with two grown children and a wife of almost 20 years. As you can imagine, Benson wasted no time driving north to Cornucopia. He was surprised to find Ripley in the local jail in the town of Hathaway, charged with vagrancy, with no visible signs of support from friends or family. Ripley was released into Benson's custody, but his appearance was shocking. His clothes were threadbare and in tatters. His hair was long. He had a beard. The hair to the middle of his back looked like it had been cut with a dull knife. During the 255-mile drive south back to Portland, Ripley's story came out. He had hiked up to Eagle Camp Meadow, seeking some kind of solace, wanting to free himself of the memories accumulated during his 13-month tour of Vietnam during the war. When he reached the meadow, he was surprised to find a community of miners. It being early spring, there was still snow on the ground, and it looked like a storm was coming in. The miners invited him to join them in an old mine shaft where he could wait out the foul weather. Ripley described the shaft as carved out of stone with no wood supports. The only light came from old lanterns. At a table made from a giant spool that once was wrapped in cable, he sat on a wooden powder keg and joined in a game of poker. One of the miners produced a bladder that was filled with what he thought was rum, and after several hands of poker and rounds of the bladder, he fell asleep. He concluded his story saying that he'd awakened achy and stiff with a long beard and shaggy hair. He was in a shallow cave and there was no spool or powder keg. And that when he came to his senses, he hiked back to their cabin in Cornucopia and was surprised to find his friend gone. And so hitchhiked back into town or the town of Halfway. Now this story came to me from one of Benson Henderson's daughters, Helena who, when going through her father's effects, because he had just died days after his 74th birthday, just months before contacting me, had found a diary, and being a fan of Kit's Myths and Mysteries, contacted me. There were two notations at the back of the diary, she said. One noted the date was of Ripley Wankel's death at the age of 70. Helena said it was the second note that motivated her to contact me. Her, and that was by email, by the way. Her father, in an effort to find Ripley Wankel's next of kin, had led to the discovery that Ripley was of Dutch ancestry. And when his great-great-grandparents came to America, they changed their name from Van Winkel to Wankel, and that his friend's birth name was Rip. That would be Rip Van Winkle. Of course, we all know Rip Van Winkle is a short story by the American author Washington Irving, first published in 1819. It follows a Dutch-American villager in colonial America named Rip Van Winkle, who meets mysterious Dutchmen, imbibes in their liquor, and falls asleep in the Catskill Mountains. He awakes 20 years later to a very changed world, having missed the American Revolution. Could the story I was given of Ripley Wankel be a modern version of Washington Irving's story? Indeed, Ripley was born with the same name, Rip Van Winkle, and would seem that he had slept for 20 years right through the Vietnam War. Now, the names of the ghost town, Coracopia, and the Oregon town of Halfway are real, as are the Eagle Cap Mountains. Benson's last name was changed at his daughter's request, but Ripley Wankel, that name is real, as is the birth name of the man, Rip Van Winkle. 
while the mystery of Washington Irving was produced here at Night Owl Sound Studio and brought to you by stories of adventure, fiction, and life on the edge. You can find it at kitcrum.com. And by internationally recognized psychic and medium Sharon Bauer, author of the book Life Eternal, Love Immortal, that you can get at SharonBauerMedium.com. I'm Kit Crum. Thanks for listening.